Welcome to the sermon podcast of Resurrection Community Church in Virginia Beach. We seek to connect people to God and one another through His Word, and hope this sermon brings you closer to God. Uh, this is continuing following along in uh, Jesus speaking. As we've seen a lot of through John, Jesus, Jesus gives a lot of speeches. There's a lot of interaction, which is what makes John such a beloved book, because so much of what we know about Jesus really does come from John. So many, and, and this, this passage is no exception. Uh, for If you ask many, many people, whether especially inside the church, but even uh, possibly outside the church, uh, for different pictures about Jesus, many people would not take long to come to the idea that Jesus is a shepherd, is one of the most well-known images of Jesus. And here in John chapter 10, is where that image primarily comes from, where Jesus explicitly says, I am the good shepherd. And so this is talking about Jesus as the good shepherd can can bring up lots of warm, it's it's a beautiful, warm, filling image, and it should be. It's a very, I mean, there's still some conflict here, but this is a little bit more, uh, a little bit more positive than some of the hard conflict we've seen to this point in John. And yet at the same time, if you're thinking, oh yeah, this is where Jesus says he's the shepherd, and you actually listen to it, you may, you may get a little confused um, because Jesus here might well be accused of mixing his metaphors and going not, not creating a quite coherent picture, but that's actually important. So as I read from John chapter 10, uh, verses 1 to 20, uh, actually verses 1 to 21, I want you to listen and hear what what is Jesus really saying about himself? In all these pictures that he gives, what is Jesus really saying about himself? And what does that mean for us? So John chapter 10, verses 1 to 21. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep, To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, uh, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, 
because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. And I have the authority to lay it down, and I have the authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my father. There was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said he has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for these beautiful words of Jesus. Thank you that Jesus is our shepherd. We pray now that as we come to listen and reflect on the voice of our true shepherd, that these words would not merely be information for our heads, but transformation for our hearts. That they may change the way that we think, the way that we feel, and the way that we live. Today and in the days to come. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I promised, uh, children, I promised you multiple, multiple items here in the mystery bag. Um, and I do have them. And so here's my question for you. I may have in this bag something that would help me fix something. If you had a problem with a car and you wanted to fix it, now for those, the smaller ones of you, you may think I'm not really ready to fix a car, but it sounds pretty exciting, doesn't it? To fix a car. And the first place you would go if there was a problem with a car is in the car, every car comes with an owner's manual. And so if you have a problem with the car, like my, my little blue car, the lights don't turn on right. So I can look through this owner's manual, but, but what's the problem with this owner's manual? It's a, lot of, it's a lot of words, and it's hard to find things, and sometimes it's hard to know what they mean. So I might say, you know what, this owner's manual doesn't, I need, I need some pictures, I need some people talking. And you know what you do now? You didn't used to be able to do this, but now you can pull out your computer and you can go to YouTube and you can get videos. And that, that's kind of a step up from your owner's manual. And you can find videos of anything for how to fix things. Now, kids, that may seem great. You may say, oh, I watch a video and I'll know exactly how to do it. Adults, can you tell me? If you just watch the YouTube video, can you fix all the problems? No. The owner's manual certainly doesn't do it. The YouTube video does it for some of us, but, but not most of the time, right? What do we really need? What do I really need if I need somebody to fix my car or to fix anything else? Really, what I'm going to do is I'm going to grab some tools, and I, for me, I'm going to go across the street. He's not actually here, but I would go across the street and say, Roland, Roland, help me out here. Take these tools and show me. Josh is here. Josh could probably show me. Um, Josh could show me a lot of things. So take these tools and show me, and I'm going to watch you. Because I need to know how to do this. I need a person right there to show me what's going on. And what, what we see here fundamentally in John chapter 10, when Jesus is talking here, he is saying that he is a person. He is a person, and he comes to us relationally. Because, our, because he points out some problems here in John chapter 10, he points out some problems. He starts off with, it, it, it seems, it was supposed to be happy, right? I'm the good shepherd. But he starts off with thieves and robbers. And it's significant because shepherd is not something that Jesus came up with. Shepherd has been an image, even as we saw in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Throughout all the history of God's people, God has been their shepherd. 
And the leaders of God's people were supposed to be shepherds under him. So King David, the great King David, was a shepherd, and that was significant. He was the shepherd of God's people under God, the great shepherd. But throughout the prophets in the Old Testament, there is a running condemnation of Israel's shepherds for being bad shepherds. That the leaders of Israel's peoples, David was a good king, he was a good shepherd, but most of the kings after him were not good kings. And so they are condemned in the prophets for being bad shepherds. So really, what Jesus is saying here, it's, there's more of an edge to it that we, might, that we might realize. He's talking to the Pharisees, and he's saying, y'all have been, you are thieves and robbers. Did you catch? He said, everyone who has come before me is not really a shepherd. And he's repeating the condemnation of the prophets, that they have been bad shepherds. And in that, he's both calling out the leaders, but he's also telling us, that we follow the wrong people, that our fundamental problem, our main problem is that we listen to the wrong voices. See, he emphasizes in here, my sheep know my voice, same people, people, you're listening to the wrong voice. The religious leaders of that time, they're not, you're, they're not your shepherds. They are leading you astray. Are you trying to just, sometimes we, we, we're listening to the wrong voice, sometimes we're looking, we're looking in the wrong books. We're looking at the wrong videos. We're going to the wrong person with our tools. We're getting caught up in trying to work out all the details of religion as we think of it. How can I make myself right before God? What are all the things that I can do? What are all the things that I should be angry about? Which side do I need to be on? We're listening to all these wrong voices and Jesus says, no, 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 no. Any voice that's not mine, any voice that's not coming in through the true door is not the right voice to listen to. We need to listen to the voice of the shepherd. But here's where it gets a little, so that's, that's where Jesus sets up as our problem. We've got, we've got bad shepherds, bad voices that we're listening to. But then we get a little confused. This is where Jesus starts mixing his metaphors. So verse seven, so he gives this picture, you know, the door, you go through the door, the shepherd goes through the door, the sheep follow him. And then we get to verse 7. And Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. He's the door. He's the gate that we come into. If we go through Jesus' door, we find good pasture and abundant life. But then, down in verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. And so this is where we get a little mixed up. This is where I said Jesus is mixing up his metaphors. Like, wait, Jesus, are you the door that we come in? Or are you the shepherd that goes in through the door? That's, that's the confusion here. And the glorious truth here, the main thing that God wants us to know, the main thing that Jesus is trying to communicate is that he is the door and the shepherd. He's the door and the shepherd. He, Jesus is both the source of all the truth. That's the door, that's the path, it's all written down. It's written down for us in his word. It's the source of truth. We know the facts about Jesus. But he's also the shepherd that picks up the tools and actually leads us by name and calls us. That Jesus is the door and the shepherd. He is both the source of truth and the leader king that we follow. And so the real point here for us is that Christianity, 
being a, that Christianity, being a Christian is not a matter just of figuring out the truth and the details and the precise rules. We must follow Jesus relationally. This is why Christians, we say to be a Christian is to be a follower of Jesus. Somebody who literally follows him, not somebody who holds to the teachings of Jesus or tries to carry out the teachings of Jesus, but literally follows him. Sometimes we say we're to be disciples of Jesus. Somebody who is learning from a master, hands-on, with tools, going through it. And so he is, but he's both. It's written down for us, but he leads us relationally as a shepherd that we hear his voice by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we see it in the people around us. So we see the people around us modeling Jesus to one another. This is what we're talking when we say somebody, we can be the hands and feet of Jesus to other people because the Bible goes on to say that we are his body. We, are the, we really are Jesus to one another. It is all about walking and following him relationally. So the call, the fundamental call to us this morning, the most important thing that we can take away from this is to not listen to the wrong shepherds, but to listen to the voice of Jesus and follow him relationally. And this is why, while it wasn't exactly, I didn't exactly set it up this way that we would not have kids time on this passage. There is something that I'm glad about for that. Because kids, I want you to know that this is possibly the most important thing about what it means to be a Christian, that we follow Jesus relationally, that he is a person who loves us, that we have a relationship with him. Not a dry set of rules, not something we have to figure out on our own, but a person that we follow in community with all of those around us. So real, real quick, let me give you three things to remind us then. That's, that's the main point, that's the main idea, the most important thing. But real quick, three other things that kind of fill out this picture of who this shepherd Jesus is and can inspire and encourage us uh, to, to follow him. The first is that he provides abundant life. The second is that he lays down his life. And that the third is that he knows all his sheep. Sorry, they're not, they're not alliterative. They don't really rhyme that much. But they're all about the same length. They provide, he provides abundant life. He lays down his life. He knows all his sheep. First, it says in nine, verse 9 and 10, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Pasture is where you eat, where you graze. That's what sheep need. The thief, verse 10, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. All those leaders that you might follow, they're not your friends. They're trying to get something from you. But Jesus, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So if anybody tries to tell you that Christianity is a, a downer religion or something that you should be sad or something that is just drudgery, tell them they're wrong. Christianity is to be joy and life in relationship with Jesus. I couldn't put, I couldn't put too many things in my bag here, um, but I thought about if I, had, if I had a choice here, if I had a cup of water, or for adults, maybe a cup of coffee. Which one's going to give you more life? The coffee, right? It's got the caffeine and everything. It's far better than just, just the cup of water. 
Now, kids, you may not like the coffee, but if I gave you the choice between the cup of water and the can of soda, which one are you going to take? You're going to take the soda, right? It's got the caffeine again. There's a common theme here, right? There's the caffeine. But there's the fizziness and the sugar. It's abundant. It's joyful. What do we have at a party? We don't have water. I mean, there may be some water. But we have better things. We have sodas. We have punch. We have juice. We have other kinds of beverages if it's an adult party. We have joy and life and celebration. That is what Christianity is to be. This is what life with Jesus is. When we follow Jesus as our shepherd, we get this abundant life. So the question for each of us to consider is, how, how is your life? If somebody looked at your life and put one adjective on it, one word to describe you, what would it be? Would it be joy? Would it be zest? Would it be excitement? Of course, there's going to be hard times. The Bible is honest about that. We do not have to just cover up and put a happy face on our sadness and our hardship. But ultimately, our life is to be characterized by joy and fullness. Sometimes even when life is busy, and I'm getting a little overwhelmed, I say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for the fullness of life. For even in the overwhelmingness of it, it is an overwhelmingness of joy and activity and things that are good. Too many friends that I can't spend enough time with. But too many friends, what a blessing. Too much to do. Too many activities, but a blessing that we can do them. Life should be full of joy and abundance. That is the life that Jesus offers. Well, how does he offer that? How does he provide that abundant life? He says this three times. Verse 11, verse 15, and verse 17. So if he repeats it three times, it's important. Jesus says he is the good shepherd that lays down his life. And think about that. He first said, I provide abundant life. And then he goes on to say, I lay down my life. See, Jesus gives us our abundant life by laying down his life. He gave up his life so that we would have his life. The fullness of life, the life of God himself, come to earth that he traded with us, that we might have that fullness of life, that fullness of love, that fullness of joy, that fullness of service and sacrifice. And Jesus laid down his life so that we could have all of that. So he lays down his life. This is, this is as, he, as we move through the gospel, he's more and more going to be explicitly predicting his death on the cross. That's specifically what he's saying. He would take his life and lay it down. That his life would, where we should be killed, on the, where we should be killed for our sins, where we should die in our sin. He says, I'm going to lay down my life for your sins that your sins may be forgiven and you may have the abundant life that I have now. That is what Jesus does for us. This is a shepherd we will follow. This is what we want. We know this. We know this even in human terms. What's the greatest heroic ideal even in our broader culture? Somebody who will lay down their very life. What do all of our highest, our highest military awards for, our Congressional Medals of Honor, very, very rarely go to people who are alive. They go to people who have laid down their life for the sake of others. And what's notable is that we, you know, what, what's notable is that we, we in our culture today think of the people out there, we think of leaders often in the back. We keep our leaders safe, you know, say in war. We, we keep our generals safe. We certainly keep our president safe. 
But that's not how our King Jesus is. I have one more thing. I have the magician's nephew here, the book by C.S. Lewis in, uh, in my bag. And there's a beautiful passage in here when the lion Aslan is appointing a new king for his land of Narnia. And it's not anybody special. Uh, it's the cabbie from London. And he's like, he's ended up in the magical land of Narnia. And Aslan looks at them and he says, you're to be the first king and queen of Narnia. And the cabbie is like, begging your pardon, sir. Thank you very much. But I ain't no sort of chap for a job like that. Never had much dedication, you see. Aslan goes on and says, well, can you use a spade and a plow? Yeah, I can do that. Can you rule kindly and fairly? Yeah, I can do that. Try to square a thing by all. You want to have favorites? Yeah, okay, I can do that. And then he says this. If enemies came against the land, for enemies will arise, and there was war, would you be the first in the charge and the last in the retreat? Well, sir, said the cabbie very slowly, a chap don't exactly know till he's been tried. I dare say I might turn out ever such a softin. Never did no fighting except with my fists. I'd try, that is, I'd hope I'd try, do my bit. Be first in the charge and the last in the retreat. Then, said Aslan, you have done all that a king should do. Because that is his definition of a king, the one who goes first in the charge, last in the retreat, who lays down his life for his people, does not lead from the back, does not send out others to be sacrificed, but says, I'm going to lead, and I will lay down my life first, because that is the kind of savior and king and shepherd that we follow. So the question for us then, if we see this Jesus and we love it, we love him for it, the shepherd who lays down his life, are you accepting his life for you? Are you saying, I need that? Or are you still trying to do it on your own? Are you still trying to make things right yourself, trying to make up for your own sins and shortcomings? Or are you saying, I have failed, I will fail. And all I can do is say that Jesus laid down his life for me. That's the call to each of us. And lastly, and very briefly, he knows all his sheep. Verses 14 to 16. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my known know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. It kind of it comes as a bit of a surprise. You're like, all right, Jesus, door, shepherd, okay, I got that. And then all of a sudden he's like, wait, I have other sheep too. And they all know my voice. Now, specifically here, Jesus talking again to the Jews. And what he's saying is, I'm bringing in the Gentiles too. The Gentiles. That's, that's, that's really what he's talking about here mainly, Jews and Gentiles. But for us, it tells us that Jesus knows all of his sheep, wherever in the world they may be found. It's one of the beautiful things about Jesus' church is that wherever you go around the world, you can find all different kinds of churches that look and feel very different. You can find churches like this in a rec center with a piano. You can find other churches in an auditorium with lots of lights and sound and a big band. You can see fancy cathedrals with a big pipe organ. And yet all of them, all of these people naming the name of Jesus. All one flock following the shepherd relationally. So this morning, if you sometimes feel like you don't belong or you don't fit in, could I be part of this church? Could I be part of any church? Do I really belong as a Christian? Know that Jesus calls your name. He calls all of his sheep into one flock. Yes, you are his. 
All who put their faith in Jesus, who say, I want to be part of his family, part of his flock, to follow the good shepherd, you belong. We are all one family, one flock in Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for all that you've given us. We thank you, Jesus, that you are a good shepherd. We pray that you would help us to understand more and more what that means as we follow you and we follow your voice. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from Resurrection Community Church. To learn more about our church and how you can connect with God and others, please visit resurrectionvb.org.